hello, welcome to part two of, <laughs> I guess, the game recaps. Uh, I We were supposed to actually record last night right after our break, but uh, I got a really bad headache. So we're actually recording this the next day on September 7th. And some stuff has happened, uh, but we'll get into that. Well, we're going to actually start out by talking about the Kings. And uh, with me to do that, of course, is always Wong. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Well, let let us start with uh, <laughs> let's start with the Kings talk. Um, so, the Kings are now you know fourteen years without the playoffs. They haven't made the playoffs since uh, two thousand and six, and it was not in a good end to this year. And you know we'll see what happens next year. But what do you think? You know, just projecting next year. Um, you think we end up matching the Clippers' record of fifteen straight missed postseasons? In my opinion, I I mean I really want the Kings to make it in the playoffs, but the West is gonna get way too stacked. Like Warriors are gonna come back, Minnesota's coming up, Phoenix is coming up, all the teams that were supposedly below us at the time are now like coming up with these uh with like better players and maybe even better teams. Yeah, I, I see it. Like, as I said, I think Minnesota for sure is going to be an offensive juggernaut, but they're not going to play any defense. So we'll see how far that gets them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Phoenix, what they've done is probably sustainable. Like, I don't think they're going to win a championship anytime soon, but there is a foundation no. built there, you know? Yeah. You know, the Grizzlies, you know, they have a, a budding star in John Morant. And, yeah, like, I think, I think they're... Every uh, franchise's future, for the most part, is bright. And, uh, oh, we forgot about New Orleans. They have yeah. the Zion man. And if health permits, they're probably going to be good. And, and, you know, the only thing I will say about the Kings is that the Kings had a really unfortunate year with injuries. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, hopefully, like, they do not, this does not keep plaguing them. And I hope that, you know, Marvin is healthy and Fox is healthy and, you know, bogey's healthy. You know, I I look at the situation this way. Uh, Memphis basically completely fell apart after Jaron Jackson went down. They weren't playing that well before that either, but they completely just fell apart after Jaron Jackson went down. Mm-hmm. And the Kings didn't have Marvin basically all year. And Marvin, I think, will provide a some an extra scorer, an extra guy who can you know you can kind of go to. And, you know, also like a, a pick and roll threat with uh, De'Aaron Fox. So, like, I hope that, you know, he provides, you know, ch- something similar to what Jaron Jackson provides for the Grizzlies. And I think that can propel them to actually match Minnesota, the Grizzlies, New Orleans, uh, Phoenix, and the Timberwolves. Mm-hmm. That's my, like, that's my hope, but... Chances are, like, it is just stacked. And as you said, you know, uh, Warriors are coming back. Portland will be healthy because, you know, Nark is finally back. And he was good in the bubble, too. So, like, after another year, he's going to be even better. And they get Zach Collins back, too. It's it's going to be a tough, it's going to be a tough, like, eight-seed race. And, you know, assuming that we have some sort of season. I, I'm expecting a 50-game season. Uh, the Kings for us? Uh, well, for the entire schedule, everyone's just gonna have fifty games because they, they, oh. they have no way of playing eighty-two games. I don't think. I see. I see. 
Uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be a tough uh, race to AC, and uh, I feel like we have a chance. But yeah, those injuries, we need to. <laughs> I mean, we cannot have injuries at all. I mean, we can you can get some along the way. I just hope that Marvin isn't out for the entire season, basically. Yeah. And, you know, Fox doesn't ex- miss extend- extended amounts of time, and Bogey's healthy as well. And you know, Rashawn, you know, like you know, he hopefully he's healthy too because he would look right in the bubble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I just hope everyone gets healthy, and you know we'll, we'll see what we have with Marvin, and you know Lord knows what what this front office is going to do. Maybe they're going to sign someone. Who knows? We shall see. Okay, so uh, I did listen to a podcast on the Athletic. Uh, it was David Aldridge and uh, Big Waz, and I think Rich Kaufman is his name. He he's the beat writer for uh, the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers, and. I just was thought it was very interesting how he basically went through the uh, 76ers front office, and I saw a lot of parallels with uh, the Kings. Now, of course, they, you know, the Sam Hankey era is very famous within NBA lore in terms of just how Sam Hankey basically tanked and tanked and tanked and managed to land basically uh, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, although he was fired before uh, they drafted Ben Simmons. Mm. But basically the idea is that they basically tanked to get high draft picks and they ended up running into a few stars. Now, I can't say that had Hinky not been fired, they would, have re- they would have ended up where they are now, which is a miserable team that you know has little chemistry and has a bunch of front office issues. But, you know, that's kind of the ceiling probably had you know the kings i guess kept vlade of course i've been a v i've been a i guess a defender of vlade just because i didn't want more instability with him gone but he's gone now and it kind of opens up a new chapter for us for the king's uh front office operations hopefully the next person can build some sort of culture in there because what happened after sam hinky left the 76ers is because is that a bunch of essentially a bunch of random guys that kind of went in there and kind of just there was chaos there was no real chain of command and there was just a lot of instability in that front office and the talent managed to succeed in spite of that but the the real issues kind of creeped up and it kind of led to them getting swept by the six the Celtics mm-hmm. this year and yeah i i think you know the hope is that the Kings front office kind of learns from the 76ers front office and kind of goes the other way in terms of organizational uh, culture building. Mm. Also, you know, one big similarity is that, you know, the 76ers and the Kings uh, front office, they both coddle their players a little bit too much for my liking. And, you know, the coddling last year kind of actually led to Dave Yeager getting fired, although there was a lot of other reasons why he was fired, but you can't deny that the players didn't like him and they had a role to actually play in getting him fired. And, you know, I don't know the situation. I don't know the situation in depth with Brett Brown, but there was definitely kind of, let's just say he was definitely a little too nice to the players as opposed to, you know, being hard on them. I just hope again, the next GM for the front office for the Kings will hold players accountable, you know, call them out on their bullshit because Honestly, this team is not good enough to be coddled as much as they are. Mm-hmm. I see what you mean. Uh, in your opinion, like, which would you rather deal with, the Kings organization or the 76ers organization? 
Ooh, that's actually a tough one. I think the Kings for now, it's just that, you know, you know the certain ceiling that of that team, and it's probably second round exit. And mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to be in that. Of course, I'd like to make the playoffs, but like, you know the result, essentially, in a way. And it was a miserable team. It's, it's, it's either that, the Jazz, or basically us. And yeah. Especially, I, I, don't, I don't know if it's any better. Yeah, especially how this buildup uh, became and you know ended up with all these draft picks and uh, how the team has uh, you know has organized and whatnot. It's it feels pretty saddening to see like some of it just break apart. Talking about the talking about the Sixers or the Kings? Yeah, Sixers. Because yeah. the Kings so far we haven't you know broken anything up with our team yet. Yeah, and it's unfortunate that, again, Sam Hinkie got fired because I think he would have seen some sort of... I think he he would have been able to lead the Sixers to some sort of success that isn't this. And he probably leads them to a championship, possibly. But, mm-hmm. you know, who knows? But, you know, hopefully this is a new chapter for the Kings. Hell, we might actually hire Sam Hinkie for all we know. But I'm <laughs> not I'm not the biggest fan of tanking. It's just I, I don't want to watch that. But... You know, it might be for the best. Yeah, I don't know. No, for me, it's like I don't want to say we've tanked, but it's like we've we accidentally tanked all these years. Yes. Yeah, it's it's like tried to be good. We tried to be good, but then at the end, it's like well, nothing has been progressing. Let's just end up tanking for a better pick. It's it's been happening for quite a few years. Uh, when we were watching Kings, and it's I, I kind of like it. Yeah, and you know now that again the Vladi is gone, maybe someone else who's actually good at the draft will actually you know pick the right guy. Mm-hmm. And you know, Lord knows, uh, we'll we'll talk about like moving up in the draft or moving down the draft, but you know, I just I I just hope that you know this new front office will kind of fix a lot of these root issues that mm-hmm. linger within the organization. Oh yeah. Uh, just uh, just before we move on, uh, the one of the main differences is that the Sixers they actually had a lot of decision makers. I don't remember the specific position, but it's someone with that is not in basketball operations made like draft picks, and I, I don't know, like why does that guy or that woman have, uh, I guess, a role in that? I guess, but uh, the Kings had Vladi Divac as the decision maker, and unfortunately for the Kings, he, you know. It unfortunately led to you know the Luca the Luca man uh, ended up in Dallas. Yeah, and probably a lot more picks before that to be. Yeah, Poppy, you know, Papianis comes to mind. Although you know you got to give Lottie credit for getting Fox right. Yeah, well, that's like what one of seven that he has. I don't know how many. I mean, he did he did get Bogey too, and you know he traded Marquise Chris for Bogey, and you know Bogey is better than Marquise Chris. So oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not a great resume, but there's something. Yeah, I mean, it ended up uh, here, so. Yep, and Maybe. just kind of in you know NBA purgatory right now. Pretty much. Okay, well, you know, on that somber note, uh, let's kind of <laughs> let's move over to uh, the buddy trade section, and uh, yeah, so Buddy's not happy in his role. He's had a lot of issues with Luke Walton. And, you know, there's a lot of trade talks with him. And 
Unfortunately, with this big contract, it's actually really hard to trade him because he's a player with, you know, an elite skill. His shooting is, you know, top is basically top three. I think he's just behind Klay Thompson and uh, Steph Curry in terms of just the ability to shoot the ball. And that is an elite skill, but the all all other elements of his game are either really bad or lacking. Like, for example, his ball handling is just not good. Mm-hmm. Maybe it gets better, Lord knows. But like, yeah, right now, as soon as he dribbles the ball, I'm very just, please stop doing that. So he has about he has owed 24 million next year, and Oof. so it's it's going to be tough to trade him. But one of the interesting ideas that I've seen is that basically uh, we trade Buddy to the Hawks for the sixth pick and possibly another player, which is probably going to be Kevin Herter or Cam Reddish probably being kevin herter but you know what what do you think of that it's it'll be interesting i mean if uh i mean if buddy wasn't happy here then i guess you know training him for uh cam Reddish and a uh, pick doesn't sound like a bad idea at all i mean it depends on what we do with that pick of course too we can't uh, screw this out there's talk about obi Toppin and like mm-hmm. those guys maybe you just, I would like to trade to around the eight to nine area because I gotta, gotta fall into the Devin Vassell rabbit hole now. I see, I see. Yeah. Uh, let's and see. I don't think he's gonna be there at twelve. So. No. I mean, we still do have the twelfth pick. We could potentially trade up with something we have. I don't know what we have. <laughs> the problem is the teams that you want to trade up to have no reason to trade down because they're bad. Mm-hmm. And they probably won the better player. So, you know, we'll we'll see what things turn out into. But, you know, that's one of the ideas. So I popped out this idea. Now, uh, unfortunately, I won't be able to set up the joke that I had in mind. But, you know, I was thinking Buddy and uh, Belly to the to the Bucks for uh, uh, Chris Middleton. Oh. Oh. Oh, man, that's... That's a little tough. I like Chris Middleton, but it's like giving up Belly too. I mean, Belly has real issues on 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 the defensive end, and you know uh-huh. we can get kind of we can kind of get rid of that. Yeah, and of course we like lose his offense. shooting. We do yeah. lose, we do lose his shooting, and you know his playmake his you know he he can attack a closeout, and that's something that you know Rockets Rockets Bucks fans would like to see. But he is approaching kind of like the his mid thirties, and yeah, I, I think you can kind of find someone to replace him. I think Chris Middleton fills a lot of the needs that we have, and yeah, I think another nice little wing that can kind of that can kind of just fit right in. I think. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I think. Uh... It would work. Oh, I'm gonna miss the freaking ten feet beyond beyond the arc shots, though. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the, I'm pretty sure the Bucks will love that, but <laughs> you guys will also love, you know, him guard him guarding ISOs. But you know, I, I, it's an idea that I just had, and you know, it, again, it, it fixes a lot of issues that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, just another kind of random idea. Do, are you familiar with Matisse Thibel from the Sixers? Uh, a little. I think I've seen him probably not so much this uh, season. Why? Why is that? Well, he's a very good. He's a great defender, 
And right now, he's just kind of just figuring out to sh how to shoot. He's going to try to become a 3 and D player, but he's got the D down. Like, and he's a rookie. And Ooh. basically, he's like, I think, 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, you know, a Ooh. big wing. Ooh. And okay. yes, he is basically kind of like, you know, a very kind of Andre Robertson-like right now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we don't know what his shooting would become, but would you trade Buddy? It'll probably be Buddy and Justin Jackson, I think, or Al Horford and Matisse Dybul. So, wait, you said Buddy and who again? Uh, Justin James. Justin James for Matisse Dybul and uh, Al Horford? Al Horford. How old is Al Horford now? He is old. Yeah. I don't have the exact age, but he's probably washed, and you have to pay. We have to pay him for three more years, I think. And it's a big number. It's like the twenty-six billion. Just to match the contract, too. Gee. Essentially, yeah. And we have a lot of centers. <laughs> well, the thing with him, the thing with Al is, you know, Al's a smart defender, and he can theoretically shoot. I don't know how he'll fit in on the Kings, but like he can theoretically space the floor for Marvin. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Wait, um, it could work out. I, I'm gonna have to see uh, how much of uh, Matisse can uh, help us. So, uh, well, yeah, we'll have to see. I, I mean, I haven't seen too much Matisse. That's why. Well, yeah. The only thing is, <laughs> Sixers have said he is off. He is like off bounds. Like you, they're not trading him. Is the only oh, thing, but I, I just think I just think Buddy solves a lot of issues for the Sixers. I see. And you know, Justin James is, is another wing that they can kind of have in there do something. Mm. So yeah, Buddy, those are the yeah. only trade ideas that I have. Um, I don't know if you have any. Uh, no, I I can't think of any. I mean, there's been a lot of talks with Tobias, but I don't think that's going to happen. I don't want for pay forty million to him. That's the thing. For, yeah. for what he provides, uh, that's going to be hard to swallow. Mm -hmm. I forgot what other talks, but yeah, that's that was like one of the major ones when um, the trade talks started with the Kings. So yeah, that's all I could think of. That, and I think I saw someone with Chris Middleton, like you said. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's about all I could think of. Yeah, well, you know, We'll have to see as it gets closer to the tr uh, to the draft. We'll see what happens, and uh, if possible, and like I would like to keep Buddy, but if he's not going to be happy here and he's going to complain about coming off the bench, I'm sorry. Like I'm willing to split with you. You 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 have enough red flags for me to just say I'm gonna be done with you. Don't mm -hmm. fucking sit sit the fuck down. I see. Okay, well, that does it for the Kings section. We'll just quickly recap some games uh, from last night and also just happening right now. Uh, so uh, we were recording while the Lakers versus Rockets games were happening. And basically, the Lakers uh, kind of demolished the Rockets, although the Rockets made actually a run at the end and almost you know, could have actually won. They were actually like tied in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. But uh, Russ was terrible. <laughs> he is. Oh, yeah. He, he was uh, minus 14. The only. Well, Jesus wait. Christ. Jeff Green was minus 26. But, so, uh, wait. How many points did Russ end up? Because I remember watching him in what, what, second, third quarter, and all we saw from him was like three points and five turnovers. 
know, he was, it did not really get any better. He only had 10 points, and he ended up the game with seven turnovers. And I doubt it, it, most of them were pretty. Like, yeah, that's ugly. Actually, I forgot. I forgot if it was five turnovers that they mentioned or five fouls. He had five he, fouls by the end of the third. I see. Maybe it was the third. It was not a pretty game for him. Everyone else actually played very well. I don't know about Jeff Green. He's got minus 26, and Austin Rivers didn't, didn't look like he yeah. played well. Um, yeah, but James Harden, P.J. Tucker, Robert Covington, and Eric Gordon, they were balling. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, as soon as Russ came in, he kind of fucked that all up. Just horrible defense, horrible shot selection. And, you know, his inability to space the floor anymore is going to be a problem. I wanted to see how how he adjusted in game three. You know, he actually talked about like, man, I was fucking awful on defense and like I didn't know what the hell I was doing. So there's a level of self-reflection there. We'll see mm-hmm. if it turns into anything next game. Uh on the Lakers side, however, Rondo plus twenty-eight. What? Yes, plus tw- that that is definitely going to be the best Rondo game you're ever going to have, Lakers fan. Lakers fans, so <laughs> enjoy it while it lasts. He was really good. Like he's just like he's he knows how to play the point guard, and mm. he he's like just like literally just behind like guys like Chris Paul, Kyle Lowry, and LeBron James, and the ability to just dictate the pace of the game. And the only real difference between them, of course, if, is that you know he can't shoot for shit and doesn't play defense anymore. But you know, in the minutes that LeBron is off the floor and AD is the only one that's on, like having Rondo to just kind of create and dictate the pace is so big for them. Now, again, I don't think he'll have this good of a game ever again. So we'll have to see what happens. But you know, and, and like Rondo was really good last night. Mm-hmm. And, and also, AD was also really good. He figured out that he was tall and can actually <laughs> just shoot over uh, PJ Tucker. And all the credit to the world to my favorite player, <laughs> PJ Tucker, just being a thick boy and just doing all of the defense, hitting corner threes. He, again, just the most underappreciated player of all time. Mm-hmm. I also remember Marquise Morris had a little stink with the 3.2. Yeah, also don't expect him to shoot that well either. Like he's not been good throughout the years. Yeah, I, I was just surprised he shot like I think three straight threes. Uh, he had like he was four for four at one point. He ended up four for five, which was pretty cool. Like yeah. I just I I just would not bank on him making four four threes again. I, he's not that kind of shooter. Mm-hmm. So, and Danny Green looks like he had a bounce back game, three for five. Uh, Lakers fans hate him. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Well, moving on to uh, Celtics versus Raptors. Uh, Celtics just demolished uh, the Raptors. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, Jesus Christ. Jason Tatum played actually pretty terrible. Five for 15, but, you know, 18 points plus 12. Uh, The guy that sticks out to me, Jalen Brown, had a bounce back game 10 for 18, three for seven from three, and for 27 points. And the stat sheet probably will not show how well he played defense. He did have three steals. And, you know, he is kind of the the Pascal stopper. And Pascal was terrible. Five for nine, uh, 0 for two from three for 10 points, negative uh, 25. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm done with Pascal now. 
But people were saying, people were comparing him to uh, Jason Tatum. And granted, Jason Tatum didn't play well this game. But like, you know, Jason, they, a lot of people were saying Pascal was better than uh, Jason Tatum. And that they would rather have, you know, Siakam over Jason Tatum. Yeah, y'all people look stupid now because, you know, one guy can actually threaten the defense. One guy is becoming a pumpkin, basically, in the playoffs. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, it's just the inability to shoot is just such a huge disadvantage. And, you know, the extreme example of this is, is you know, uh, Giannis. But, you know, and on a lighter note, you know, Pascal, Pascal is kind of, you know, uh, Giannis-esque in that just no one is scared when he's shooting. And, you know, if he makes it, you know, you pat him on the butt, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, OG Ananobi was also pretty terrible, three for 11, uh, yeah. from, one for five from three. Uh, Kyle Lowry, although he was negative 23, I imagine he did some good things. I'm just going to use my imagination there because mm-hmm. he does dick. He, he is like, you know, what Rondo does for the Lakers. He dictates the pace very well, you know, just the mastery of the point guard position. So a lot of stuff he does won't show up on the box score. Fred Van Vliet, uh, 18 points, six for 14, you know, you know, a regular Fred Van, Van Vliet game. I guess it just wasn't enough. They, they need more from Pascal. And Marcus All is Marcus All. He just passes a lot. He doesn't really threaten the defense anymore, and that's just how it is. Mm-hmm. I will say, you know, one guy that I think they they could really use, Kawhi Leonard. You know, <laughs> Kawhi Leonard was on this team. It was solve a lot of their problems, and it's unfortunate that he left for you know L.A. But just just imagine if he was on this team, like. He really did leave a dynasty, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, like had he been on this team, like they're the favorites, right? I, I'd say so. I, I would. I mean, to be honest, any team with uh, Kawhi, I mean, a, any decent team with Kawhi, I'd say has a very good chance. Yeah, and it's just that they're missing that go-to score. Like, you know, Fred Van Vliet is not a go-to score. For Pascal Siakam, not a go-to score. These guys are second second and third options. Kyle Lowry, not a first option, but a great second and third option. And yeah, they just, <laughs> they're just missing Kawhi, basically. Mm-hmm. Yep, and Celtics are rising. They're basically the best team in the bubble right now. Um like to see where they what they do next round. I, I think I think this is going to be Celtics and six. Uh, yeah, I'd say so too. And that basically does it for the games. Uh, Denver Nuggets and LA Clippers are happening right now. It is one hundred four, one hundred three. I'm just going to glance at this at the box score. PG having a good game. That's good to see. Um, Nikola oh. Jokic. Ooh, he's already got a triple double, and. Uh, yeah, and Jamal Murray's a you know, kind of oh. yeah, that's pretty bad. Uh, four for fifteen right now. It's you know it is it's it's tough to score over Kawhi and uh, and PG, so I don't blame him. But yeah, welcome to the big leagues, Jamal Murray. Let's see, Michael Porter Jr. doing okay. Uh... Michael Porter Jr. is nasty, although they won't play him too much just because his defense is terrible right now. So. Mm-hmm. It's it's just it just won't cut it. Although, yeah, the, watch out! Like he's gonna be a problem. Like six ten, the ability to dribble and just shoot shoot over guys. His signature, the just pull up pull up from three in people's faces. That's yeah. gonna be a thing. And, yeah. 
I mean, I'm gonna predict that Clippers are gonna win this series. Oh yeah, that's such a but, hot take. Hot take alert uh, right there. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I like the boldness I, on that one. What you call it? Series and this game. <laughs> I should have said uh, win this game and this series. I'm such a hot take. They're gonna win this game and the series. That 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 just that burned me all the way all the way from your house. Uh, <laughs> so. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I'm picking Clippers to win this one. There's, it's, I don't think Denver just has enough. And yeah, good, good to see Jokic balling out and PG uh, kind of having a bounce back game. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that will be it for uh, today's and yesterday's episode. Um, yeah, we'll probably come back at the end of the week uh, with another update for you know the playoff standings. Oh, see you yeah. on the next episode. See you guys later.